I'll, I'll kick it off. It's all right. All right. Let's G'day, go. everyone. This is Ivan. And this is Daniel. And this is episode 69 of Journey to Rover. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying so hard to keep a straight face for you, but like... Because of the episode number? That's why I love Cue the intro. My name's Ivan, and I'm a scientist by day and a writer by night. And I'm Daniel, I'm a neuromuscular therapist, and I run my own practice. And you're listening to the weekly podcast, Journey to Wherever. Enjoy the show. <laughs> no, it wasn't, yeah, it was kind of. A, I don't know, I've been I've been kind of like anxiously waiting to like intro that number. It's just one of those silly things it's to laugh what, about. It's, 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 look, it's like farts. Doesn't yeah, matter how old you are, you it's laugh It's like an unspoken them. laugh. Someone does it. It's like, like if someone <laughs> were to go to me like, oh, like you know, they just do a fart and I'd laugh. I'd go, oh, what are you laughing for? I'm like, why Why aren't you laughing? <laughs> exactly. Why are you telling me if I'm laughing? Like, why aren't you laughing? It's a fart. And there's someone with like some like real prude will be like, oh, it's just a... It's just a natural bottle, thing bodily of Bodily malfunction beings. or something. Like that. <laughs> Dude, it's, it makes a funny sound. <laughs> exactly. It comes out of a rear end. It sounds funny. Exactly. And then you couple it with potentially bad smell. And you laugh at that too. It's like a, it's like a double, um, it's like a double gift. Well, I don't know if it's a gift. But <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny, right? Like my boys discovered a whoopee cushion the other week. Did they? Yeah. So they're they like, like oh, what's this? I'm like, it's the silliest thing when, when they find. Look, it, it's like, funny because they look at that cushions. and like Max or my little guy, he's like, oh, what's this? Like funny? Like he didn't even. He looked at it and he just he literally just tossed it right and just threw it to the ground. I'm like. Hmm. What do I do as a dad here? <laughs> yeah. How do I like, do I do I, do I, do I show him the glory of what a whoopee cushion is, or do I just go, Nah, look, he doesn't need to know, right? And then I thought, you know what? Because we're on holidays, I want to show him what a whoopee cushion is. And I said, Max, will come over here. I said, What is it, Dad? I said, Just yeah, come here. So do you know what that is? And he goes, No. I said, It's a whoopee cushion. And he's like, What is it? And he goes, Yeah, I'll show you. It was these little mini ones. It wasn't the big, big ones, like a tiny one, right? Yeah. So you know, blow it up, pff, makes that like like that funny little. Yeah. Noise, and I said, "Here," and I said to him, "Just put it on the side here." And he still has no idea yeah. what is going on, right? <laughs> and I said to him, "Just slowly lean to the side," and he just goes, <laughs> <laughs> "Man, honestly, the pure joy, like joy, excitement, the glitter in the eyes, the the grin from left to right on my four on my five year old." It was priceless. I'm like, yes, I have won at parenting today. <laughs> I won. We we am, we we made artificial fart sounds. He was so excited. I'm like, why not? Like, look, and I said to him, look, you, you know, I told him obviously the boundaries of it, blah blah blah, etc. Did all that kind of stuff, but it's a fart. And the same thing with the number sixty nine. It's just funny. It's it's just what it, it is, is. One of those things. Yeah, man. Episode sixty nine. We're getting close to uh, the big seven zero. The big seven zero. So welcome everyone to uh, Journey to Wherever. Hope yeah. you've all had a had a good week and. Um, you know, uh, yeah, good week since the last one, since the last episode. Yeah. How it's, you been? I'm good. I'm back to uh, like myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, don't get me wrong. First I, week I, back I, I like being on holidays. Being on holidays is good. Yeah. But like, I I feel more myself when I am like, you know, I'm very much a creature of habit, routine. Yeah. The moment I started work this week, I was just like, it just flowed into me. I was like, I was like, I start laughing now because every time I feel like everything's like every everything's like moving slow, but I'm moving fast. I feel mm. like you know the whole um, what's it called again, the Bradley Cooper um, thing, limitless, limitless. <laughs> so it feels good. Now it's just back, and if everything's good, everyone's back and doing a whole heap of things and back into routine. So yeah, it was. It's, cool. been, it's been a good week. It's all right. How about you, man? Yeah, it's been all right. Been uh slowly same same sort of thing. Just 
back into the swing of things, just warming up. Um, first week back at work was real quiet. This week's kind of picked up a little bit, but still relatively okay. You're still, you're still working the other day when I was like texting you, weren't you? Well, you were off. No, no, I was in like, I mean, I was in like at night. You were like doing like some work stuff, presentations or something. Uh, I texted you and you were like, oh, um, you're doing presentations. I was like, damn, it's like fucking nine o'clock at night. Oh, no, I was doing maths. Oh, okay. That's a different thing, obviously. Was that? Yeah, no, I was doing, I was studying, just doing, I was just doing some just, maths just, stuff. Just randomly <laughs> in your spare time studying maths. Do you want to uh, share your, <laughs> share what you're doing? I thought it was normal. I was even talking to my wife this morning. You it's know, not very normal. She's like, oh, I was like, oh, I think Look it's just normal. Bought all the mathematicians. She's like, no one like, does that. I'm like, students in university people do maths yeah, all the time. They, She's like, yeah, but they're doing it for a reason. I'm like, they no, are. they're doing it. I said, no, they're not doing it for, they're not doing it to learn anything. They're doing it to, fit in with a social construct i said <laughs> no they have and then she kind of like no i'm like look put it in simple terms yes they're doing it because they need to study but i said it's an i find doing mathematics an enjoyable thing it's quite therapeutic for me to sit down okay and do math i don't just know why i've just more like the routine or the solving of like um formulas le- like learning the language and just uncovering just i, ju- I just enjoy doing math. math stuff fair enough so I'm kind of going back and and doing some more. I do this occasionally. I go back and revisit and stuff like that. But I often find myself when I'm. You did this last year. Eh? You didn't realize you did this last year as well. We're in January. Um. You're yeah, I do math, it on and off throughout the year, depending on what my, what what my brain is kind of thinking about at the but time. But you did it at the same time last year. Did I? I'm pretty sure. I did it mid year as well. You might have at some point close to October. I don't know. But yeah. at, at the end of the day, when I think about, when I start thinking about a lot of things, I mean, think about like the origins of the universe and all this kind of stuff, putting on my old science hat all over again. Mm-hmm. And then I was doing it, I was starting to think about, you know, origins of it and what came before the Big Bang. Same as things I've spoken about before, kind of alluded to before. But I want to learn the language about how to explain that. Okay, so just like to how to vocabularize. Yeah. No, yeah. I want to be able to learn the language to explain that phenomena and the only way to do it is yeah, you've got to do it mathematically yeah to yeah to, yeah but so I've, i'm trying to brush up on my my old stuff so that's all i was just kicking back and chilling. that's kind of watching tv on the on the lounge i'm sitting at the dining table i'm just solving equations there's nothing so wrong good, with that good friend. fun and therapeutic um i think i called when, when i called you a few weeks ago when was it was, it, was this a saturday morning thing is this when we went to um the, 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 the swimming hole yeah. thing? The water hole? <laughs> yeah, I was like, hey, dude, what's going on? You're like, oh, not much. What are we doing? You're like, oh, you really know what I'm doing? <laughs> I'm like, uh, it's kind of a polite thing to say, I guess. But yeah, sure. I, I what are you doing? I didn't mean it like that. I know because <laughs> it came like, across. You're like, hey, man, what are you doing? And I was just like, do you really want to know what I'm doing? <laughs> yeah, I didn't like, mean it as in like, don't ask nice, me. It's like bright, shiny day. You're like, I'm doing math. I'm like, right. Um, do you want like... Do you want to go to the pool or something? <laughs> Do you want to go for a swim like a normal person? It's like nice weather out there. <laughs> yeah, and I was writing some notes down around my thoughts around, um, yeah, again, the Big Bang and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, that's that's my basic of my story. Nice. That's the science science side of me. Um, yeah, man, it's been all right. It's been a good week. Um, you know, kind of chilling. This morning I went out and picked up some materials to uh, to do something completely different, which was uh, I want to get in, I want to make an oil cloth that I'm going to be using for when I go... Like, You're speaking about this off-air um, before. Bushcrafting and camping. Yeah. Um, to make like a tarp and stuff. So I got a few of the materials from that because I've got this bushcraft, bushcraft book that I want to kind of explore some of the, the techniques and stuff in it. So I'm kind of going back to basics of like early settlement times and learning some of the, the crafts and stuff of, you know, the early old, the olden swagman days. kind of days. Man, all, all I need to get you is like one of those... Um, 
like a small tin garbage can thing and cut you a cyclops section for your eyes. Gotta be bush ranger. Bush ranger. <laughs> Good old fashioned Australian bush ranger. Australian bush ranger. Back to the Ned Kelly days. There you go. Could Nothing be. wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. So that's it. That's it. Basically, my week. So, um, but other than that. Uh, everything's been pretty chill. One thing um, to kind of just dive dive into some things I've been thinking about. I recently um, kind of, I think I was drawn to it because of the whole bushcrafting thing and, you know, I want to go camping. But regardless, I, I, I put a documentary on called, um, and I think I told you to watch it. And I think you ended up saying you watched it, mm-hmm. called The Dawn Wall. Yeah. And it's about climbing El Capitan in Yosemite. Yes. And... <laughs> If, it, if I mean, I only worked out what the name of that thing was only because it was a wallpaper of my Apple Mac laptop. Because oh, really? So you've well, seen I, it before? Yeah, I have because no, I've, I've seen no, the you've wall. seen the actual image of your picture. It's a famous picture within Apple because yeah. they named one of their operating systems El Capitan, mm-hmm. and then they named another one. I think it was Yosemite. Yeah, another one. Um. Oh yeah, they did too. Yeah, I just realized that. That's what it comes from, oh, and okay, then the wallpaper is. Uh, you know what? You've got the I wallpaper actually on your Mac. I think I've got that wallpaper on my, you on do. my thing now. Yeah, that's, oh. the, that's the cliff that is oh, the... Oh, shit, it is too. Yeah. I just realized. You're like, whoa. It's got like a... The Mac's done like a bit of a... Um, uh, kind of like a... They've changed it up a little bit. They've added some, some colors and whatnot. Maybe, maybe, maybe. No, maybe when you take the photo of it, I've seen many no, different photos of it. That might be like a dawn it. picture or something. It's I'm, exactly. When you've got the... When the sun shines in a certain way and you get the different colors and stuff like that on it. Yeah. You get different contrasts of uh, in your picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you know, I kind of... I watched that and I was sitting down watching it. And, and like most things I tell people who are listening, if, if, if you're afraid of some spoilers... This probably will be as well. It's, 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 as far be, as, it's based on a true story. So some people probably heard about it. It's anyway. not going to be a review per se, but we're going to like kind of talk bits about it. Which I think it's important. Yeah. So um, I yes, I watched this documentary called Dawn Wall. Yeah. And essentially, it's about a guy who he's a he's a climber, free climber. Uh, he, he's a free climber, but he's been climbing since he was quite young. His dad took him out, started getting him into climbing. He accelerated very very quick and became a very well-known, world-renowned climber mm-hmm. at a very young age and he almost came, came out, out of, of the blue. Sorry? He came out of the blue. Yeah, almost, I was going to say, almost out of nowhere. He was like, right? a, like a, just an, an unknown. Yeah. Came up on the stage and then just participated in this like um, civilian competition yep. the day before a professional competition yep. and he smashed the civilian competition and they said, hey, do you want to like, do you want to compete in the professionals? Like, yeah, sure. And, and then smash that, that too. too. So he's, like, he's a very gifted climber. Yeah. And he had been climbing for quite a while before he did the civilian one. So yeah. it wasn't like he just goes, oh, I think I can climb and climb. He had been climbing, but he hadn't been in competitions. And one of the competitions where he was trying to climb, people couldn't get, keep, keep getting over in the civilian one. He did it and just did it. Just smashed it, yeah. So over the years, he became this very good climber and then wanted to climb all these different challenging rock faces and this and that. And I, I, so I was drawn to it and I, I went to watch this thing. But as I, as I was watching it, I found myself in awe probably every maybe 20% or 30% into the, the documentary. Mm. I was like, wow. And then the next thing I was like, whoa. What were you, and then I was like, what wow. Exactly, like, what exactly just, were you in awe about though? Because of the overcoming the hurdles mm-hmm. to get to where he did. Mm. So... In in one like if you if you kind of think back when he was he was climbing he became a very good climber and he was trying to he was competing and doing a lot of stuff, 
then he had that accident. Yeah, he chopped his finger off. And he chopped his finger off. Yeah. Now, and what they're doing is they're telling all this story about how he's climbing. Yeah. Up until the point before he chopped his finger off, and you're like, "Wow, like he's a crazy climber. He's very good. How do you, how do you maneuver and grip onto these little things and this and that?" And then all of a sudden they go and say, "Oh, and he's chopped his finger off." By the way, and you're like. Hold on a second. Yeah, it's imp- how do you? Because you know he's going to climb the wall, and that's what the whole documentary is. And you're sitting here thinking, "Hold on a second, you're telling me his finger got chopped off, but he's there's a documentary about him actually climbing this thing." I'm in, I'm immersed now. I want to watch even more. Yeah, the the impressive part about that was to kind of give people a bit more context with the finger. Like obviously, with your it was his index finger. It was his index with, finger, right? Which, um, biomechanically, your index finger probably along with your thumb, which is more of an anchor. Your index finger does pretty much everything else mm. it guides your other three fingers okay um so you got like your fir- your first crease which is closest to your knuckle and then you got your second crease so that's essentially your proximal or your distal interphalangeal joint mm. and he chopped it off at the uh, proximal which is the one closest to the knuckle. to the knuckle so he doesn't have the, the 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 um the tip of his finger yeah mind you yosemite is essentially i don't know how tall it is how big this thing is, right? But essentially, it's a flat piece of granite wall. Yeah. Which and, you, you, and extremely vertical. Extremely vertical, yeah. which you then, if, as a free climber, would heavily rely yeah. on your fingertips. Yeah, your fingertips. Because your fingertips right. is your anchoring and then obviously every other muscle in your body which they, which they would use to climb this thing, right? And then, like, I'm... Then, like, I was in awe because I'm like, how is he doing this? biomechanically yeah and then i looked at how he did it and he what he essentially was what he was doing is his index finger was not doing anything at all yeah he's he was able to over time somehow able to train his middle train his middle finger to bend and laterally clamp with his thumb yeah bend laterally which it doesn't because it only it only flexes your middle finger right he somehow bends it laterally yeah and then does this overextension with his thumb, thumb to cover up the deficiency of his or the lack of an in index finger. Yeah. It's So insane. just that alone, it's how, he, how he's able to maneuver, it was like, wow. But then when you look at him climbing this wall, you're yeah. like, that's even more wow. And like on some of these parts of the wall, you've got like millimeters of sharp rock yeah. protruding out. Which are like and digging. they literally rely on the tips of your fingers to just almost, anchor almost your and grip on. Almost your fingernail. Yeah, and like, you're like... Like that part blew my mind, and then you then you realize just how they go about climbing this wall, the, and he and he spent not he didn't it. spend weeks planning this no, thing, years. He spent years, years even going by himself. So he went to the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. He then climbs down, yeah, by himself, yeah, and maps out the entire wall. Mm-hmm. And goes okay. If I've climbed essentially down, essentially, they, they call what they call pitches, which is essentially like um, it's like a, a place stage. where you can anchor in your anchor spot your stage, and it becomes yeah. the pitch. And it's, I think this thing had a, around thirty pitches. I can't remember the exact. I think it was there. around. Yeah. It might have been like twenty-eight or something. It was a lot of pitches. So essentially, it's like per round or per sector or per section. So that what climbers use the term pitch as yeah. a section. And yeah, he did and that's exactly where they basically put the anchor into the face, and then they. If they if they were to fall, that pitch is also where it stops them from continuing to fall. It's mm. their safety point, mm-hmm. but it's also where they set up. They can set up base camps as yeah. they go along certain pitches, and then they navigate from that base camp up. Yeah. But anyway, so he 
mapped it from the top down mm-hmm. and then would climb back up. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't free climbing it. He was with Wincher, like his ropes and everything. Yeah. He went and mapped the whole thing and spent years, years mapping this thing. Uh-huh. And then he's like, gets to a point where he's like, look, I, I can't do this. I'm going to need to do this with someone. Yeah, he's and he was like, I need to find someone to yeah. like climb this with because uh, there was at one point too he was with he was with someone he got married to his like sweetheart from when he was his teenage sweetheart yeah essentially he's like first rock climbing partner yeah he's exactly and then it got to a point where i think he was so obsessed and this is the part i want us to i want to bank this idea of obsession we'll now talk when about we the get obsession to this point. after because let's kind of glorify this guy at yeah. the start because he he's he's brilliant he he's brilliant so bank this idea of obsession because he he came became so obsessed that it may have pushed his partner a little bit. They they didn't. They talk didn't say about it, that. But I would. But say when you that think about relationships and how things work, because as it was playing out, I was I, I was I was remember sitting there watching it because my wife Nat wasn't really interested. She was kind of on her phone or reading something. I don't know what it was. And I started watching this thing, and it was one of those things where she'd look up, look down, look up, look down, look up, look up, look up, look down, look and up. Then she and then she was hooked. Sick. Yeah. And then she ended up putting her phone down and watched it. And I, there was this one point where I was like, Nat. It would take an incredibly patient and dedicated person to mm-hmm. stay with this guy yeah. because he's so obsessed. He's freakishly obsessed. He's beyond obsessed. Mm-hmm. And and then the story unwrapped a little bit more and he's like, look, by some turn of events, she didn't kind of stick around. Um, she essentially just left. Yeah, so she left and she met someone else, right? And that part made sense. And he, he then still needed someone. He to, needed someone. So then, and this is the other incredible part. This is the bit that I wanted to kind of tap into more, but you, you go. Yeah, because I think it, I think this is the dichotomy of he finds he finds through I don't know how I come about. Was essentially it? a spar, not a sparring partner, but like a a, a buddy like to a buddy. rock climb with. He, he, which he, so he, he goes and tracks down or connects with somehow one of the world's leading boulderers. boulders. Yeah. So a boulderer doesn't really climb any more than what thirty feet, a few meters. Yeah, but it's explosive. The, but the the that a distance, boulder doesn't have harnesses or no anything. harnesses. So yeah. if you fall from that height, you're, it's dangerous. You're done. Yeah. However, in that in that height that you do climb, yeah, it's extremely difficult, and to navigate that, you have got to be excessively skilled. But if you fall, the risk is a lot less than. Yosemite fall, but it still can be deadly. So, However, if you climb three meters or two meters fall, you might get an injury, but you may not die. Yeah. But the skill required for bouldering would be very different. It's it's a, to Yosemite climbing. It's very different. Like I've got quite a few boulders that come and see me in the clinic, and their climbs are more horizontal than vertical, mm. and it's it's a short it's a short like I wouldn't I don't know how short, but it's not free climbing. Uh, short you know mm. what i mean so and to give some people like the context of what, what's the difference between say like a boulder and say a free climber a free climber is someone that's probably starts off with rock climbing and then kind of gets into free climbing. free climbing it's almost like free climbing is almost like being a marathon runner mm. and a boulder is say a hundred meter sprinter mm. just because they're both running doesn't mean it's both the same thing like mm. it, it requires two completely different aspects of your body and your stamina to be able to kind of do the to the two different sports. And I really admired this guy. I forget his name. But to him, well, it was easy for him to kind of join in with um, the 
What's what's the main guy? I'll look name? it up because I think it's important. Um, names. Because he obviously he's like a legend in the sport. He's like shit. Why wouldn't I? But I admired him more. But the other f- guy was a legend in his sport for bouldering. But that, that's exactly right. And it's impressive that he just he thought you know I'm just going to leave bouldering and I'm going to learn essentially something completely different. Yeah. He doesn't know how to winch and how to peg and all that. Well, they kind don't of use stuff. all that stuff. He doesn't use any of that. So I'm sure he knew how to do it from his climbing I'm days. Sure the only but not to that extent. The only thing he's taking from bouldering is essentially the technique of gripping and essentially rock climbing right and the rest he learns off scratch really Mm. do you know what i mean and i just found that itself like impressive but admirable as well for the main guy because he's then taken him under his wing and then just gone you know what i need a buddy i'm going to teach you and you're essentially going to climb this thing with me yeah and for years on end they spent they spent every month spring and spring weeks months over these years with each other going and mapping mapping out this thing together it's like a full-on recon mission it's essentially what they're doing it it is like that yeah so as i was watching i was like patience from this guy he's like fuck like i was admired like wow like this guy stuck around and absorbed He's, all that I would say almost borderline unhealthy obsession with a rock. Yeah. That's essentially what it was. Yeah. At any point in time he said, dude, fuck, I'm just I'm done with this. And he was guided the whole way. Like maybe he might have had some input about where to go and what mm. to do and stuff. But he just went along with the ride. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I was impressed with him for doing that. And I was also impressed with the main guy for The main guy is Tommy Caldwell. Tommy Caldwell, right? The other guy I remember now, something Jorgensen. Tony, something Toby, like that, yeah. John, something like Jorgensen, right? I was blown away by that. The fact that he just he was able to merge those two things together and just yeah. like go for it. You exactly. Know? So he climbed. They said so they end up saying, right? I think we've got the skills. I'll just wait for this. Uh, extremely loud car to go up my street. That's a very loud car. Yeah, it's a very bo- bored person. I think. <laughs> there you go. All right, I think they've passed now. Sorry for that uh, whoopee cushion sound in the background. Um, so eventually they end up saying, right, I think we've mapped it. I think we can do this. So they both climb, start climbing this thing. They got off to a good start. They climb, climb, climb. They end up carrying all their gear up there. They pitch tents off the side of this rock face. And they're sleeping. They sleep there, live there. It's They're climbing in the dark. And then I'm like, oh, that's a bit odd. But they, they explain why they climb in the dark because the temperature is different. It allows the rocks, them to grip differently. Yeah. The rock, the, the friction. Amazing. So scientific. Anyway, it gets to this one point. Pitch 13 or 15. It's essentially halfway point. It was the part where they had to... It goes horizontal. It, was, well, it wasn't well, was a summit where they had to go basically horizontally across. Yeah. And Which apparently the, is very difficult to very do. Very difficult. On the scale of like advanced level, expert level, all this, it's like a fi- 15 something. It's like yeah, it's it, the it, hardest to- type of climb you can possibly, possibly do, do. For a free climber. Yeah. Not a boulderer. <laughs> yeah. For a free climber. Yeah. Anyway, so they're basically climbing this thing. They get to this point. Tommy's trying to do it, trying to do it, trying to do it. He couldn't do it. He ends up building out in his backyard this exact replica of that portion of Yosemite in his backyard. So yeah. he basically... It's um, essentially a jump. He had trained it before it yeah. and could never do it. Yeah. And they, yeah, they essentially got to that point. They've trained it, but they actually haven't Haven't done it. it. And they he thought- had replicated it in his backyard before it and couldn't do it. And he's like trying, 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 couldn't do it. And then eventually he's like... Today's the day. Yeah. Tommy's like, today's the day. Yeah. And I think he's thought that a few times yeah. and failed. Then one time he's doing this thing where he had to like go across or swing across. And he's like, he just could not do it. No mm. matter how many times he tried, Tommy's like, 
and to I give can't do context it. as well when they try they don't just keep going and going and going like they go they literally when they fall they fall and they've got a harness so it swings them around yep. they've got to get winched back in and they're and halfway they're to, up the cliff at this point but they've got to rest for like multiple hours because yeah, if not a full day because their fingers get wrecked like wrecked, wrecked cut up torn everything like the skin comes off and yeah. they essentially have to do their recovery whilst they're suspended yeah. So in, they basically go to, the they air. basically fall, the air, but against the rock. climb back, they descent to the next point. Essentially like a checkpoint. A checkpoint yeah. and wait. And, and they go, all right, we're going to try it again. So they climb back up, yeah. go to the point, go across, fall, climb back, descent, and they just rinse and repeat. Do it all day. All day for days. Days. Anyway, so the main guy, Tommy's like, uh, uh, he tried to do it, tried to do it. He's like the best climber in the world. He could not do this thing. Yeah. Couldn't do it. And he's like, you know what? If I can't go across... I'll go around. Yeah. And I was like three times the length. <laughs> oh, so, no, dude, you're, you're getting confused with another. That bit was the bit after the, the, the horizontal bit. He completes that bit? No, he doesn't. No, he completes that bit. Then there's the bit at the top we have to jump. That's the part I'm talking about. Oh, you're talking about the jump. The jump oh, part. Okay, you're talking about the jump. Where okay, you basically yeah. swing across yeah, and yeah, grab. Yeah, 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 yeah. He sorry, couldn't sorry. do it, right? Because yeah. the bottom one was another one where that he was couldn't. Another he was trying one, to go which, over. Which his partner, Jorgensen. No, 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 no don't okay, get to sorry, that sorry, yet. You just tell a story. Sorry, sorry. So he bad. ends up going and navigating around this thing. Yeah. So he ends up going three times the length, goes around to the other part. Then there was one part where I think they get to the next part where his partner goes to try and do it as well. Yeah. And he does he go around the navigating part? So now what he does before that, he before that he was stuck on pitch thirteen for like a week. Which was the cross part. Yeah, he essentially kind of had give thrown in the towel and said, Look, I'm not gonna hold you back. I'm gonna help you get up to the top. Oh yeah, because his partner kept trying to do it for weeks. For we- no, not for weeks. For, I think it was about six or seven days. Okay. He couldn't that, do that, it. That part where they just go he across. He eventually threw the towel in and said, Look, I can't do it. I'm just gonna help you up there. Meanwhile, Tommy's gone, he's done the thing, he's done that U turn, and he's gone up to like Pitch 17 or 18, which is the bit which says, I'm pretty much going to make it. Yeah. I'm going to make it's it It's the first like three foot little ledge where yeah. you can stand you can and stand look. stand and look at it. But then something hit him and he's like, I don't want to do this. I'm massively me. underwhelmed yeah. because I want to do it with the guy that's been helping me yeah. map this thing out for the last however many years. And he's gone, he went all the way, way back, back down, down, told him, said, you know what? I'm going to wait here this. until you get this. And then the guy ended up... Somehow he kept it- trying, kept fading, kept trying, kept fading, kept trying, fading, and then eventually he did what Tommy what couldn't Tommy do. Which couldn't was the jump. do. And yeah, I was it like, was, it's crazy. I was like, what? Yeah, like it was the, he did what the greatest climber in the world couldn't do, and he's a boulderer. Yeah. And I was like, it just kept and and by the way, Tommy's done all of this, missing a finger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like, and anyway, so, so let's, eventually let's, they climb. Yeah. Wrap the, wrap the climbing story up, up to this climb of this epic thing. They climb up and eventually these two guys yeah. make it. Yeah, once they get to that bit where they can stand on that rock, essentially the rest is is, is not easy. It was incredible. But in comparison to everything else, they make it to the top. They're the first guys ever to, to do this. To climb because there's, there's parts people of People have climbed the other sides of it many times. Yeah, there's other parts of Yosemite on the like the rounded parts which people have climbed, but people haven't done the middle part, which yeah. is essentially the flattest part. And world world class people that have done the other sides were like the other sides like hard. Yeah. Looked at this thing and go, dude, what you're about this is impossible. This is impossible. Like what you're doing is impossible. But he, there were so many layers of impossibility that, that together they both broke through. Yeah. That they finally made it. And I I left the documentary and I was like to, Yeah blown away to kind like of, it's an, it is probably one of the best documentaries I have ever seen wow and the best stories of climbing 
not climbing, rock climbing, climbing to some something so great and achieving something yeah. that I've ever watched. To to kind of round that off, they did this, I think, over twenty days or something like it that. It was incredible. So time. they were on the side of this mountain. The side of this mountain. Mind you, they've packed sleeping bags, tents, tents, cookware, coffee, water, water, food, like everything. Everything. They're packing ropes, they're pa- harnesses, everything. everything. Suspended on a ver- on a vertical. Yep. Flat granite wall. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. So I watched it, but then after I had switched it off, I opened up our notes app. Yeah. And I, the first thing that came to my mind was, what's I, the difference between um, being dedicated to something mm-hmm. versus what's an unhealthy obsession? Yeah. Because we he... We had jotted this point down a few weeks back, and then it's like, we just happened to just... Well, you happened to watch The Dawn Wall and told me to uh, to watch it as well. And they kind of... It, it kind of blends with that topic of, you know, dedication versus... Well, an extreme dedication to anything versus an unhealthy obsession. Yeah. What's the... What's the is, are you essentially saying what is the uh, the borderline or what's, what's the difference? Yeah, where do you cross over and, what, and what's... Like, is it healthy? Is it not? I think there's a lot of dynamics there. But basically, it's like... Because to be great at something, oh. like really great at something, you have to have a level of obsession. Oh, 100%. But all, all great people, whatever it is that they've done, using athletes as an example, the best of the best were obsessed. 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 Yeah. They train all day, train all night. They they do everything more than what's required to be, not just to be like better than their teammates or better than the opposition, they want to be the best ever. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I kind of get to this, like, uh, at the end of it, I, the first thing that came to mind was though, like I had never seen anybody as obsessed. Whether that's how they told the story, I don't know. But hearing his story, I don't think I've ever seen anybody obsess over anything that much mm-hmm. to achieve it. The reason why is because people might go and do something, they'll try at it, try at it, fail, try at it, fail, try at it. But he had to... Map the mountain out first, yeah, for years, which is which requires a, a great deal of patience, hundred percent. Which I think as well, what, what people, a lot of people don't realize. I think when someone views someone that's obsessed, I don't think most people would imagine that that person is a patient person. That's where I'm going to tell if if you're listening to this and you think that's the that's right, then you're completely wrong. Someone that is obsessed with something is very patient extremely patient someone like they are methodical with their approach yeah they are extremely pragmatic they will like harp on about the one small technicality for and it doesn't matter matter how long long it takes takes. to overcome that because once they know they've got it they can then move on it's almost obsessive compulsive really yeah it really like there's all these borders that kind of get crossed and and in, in, not in a bad way, but you can tell he's obsessive compulsive with getting every single thing. Like he was, dude was like obsessed with this rock essentially, right? Yeah. And I'm not sure about you, but when I finished, I had the same kind of like, I guess uh, an adrenaline dump, like after watching the show. But then when like I started analyzing everything, and I think they did a good job of telling his story yeah. in, in a good way. Um, it would have been good to understand <clears throat> a bit more of the background between why his original relationship broke down. And it's like, that's, it's almost like, 
Well, she ended up having... She met someone else and she ended up having a kid. Yeah. I, I think it's probably fair to say that she probably started to slowly fall out of love with um, rock climbing. Mm. Not fall out of love to a point where she didn't want to do it anymore, but it wasn't her main priority. Mm. And when someone's obsessed with something and they're essentially your partner in crime, like something's got to give. And yeah. at that point, it was their relationship. Yeah. And this is the bit where we start talking about the, you know, uh, like the extreme dedication with the unhealthy obsession. Uh, did I get that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are costs with being obsessed with, yeah, with definitely being great. an obsession. Because yeah. if someone doesn't like follow the same kind of level of obsession that you have or they're as supportive, they're probably not going to... Either not either stick, around. stick around, or they're not going to give you that like support mm. that you that you require, and it's just like like being obsessed with things and achieving greatness and being like the best at something does come at a cost as well. Mm. And it's like there's two different ways to look at it. You can kind of be like, oh, she left him or whatever, but like to kind of give her a bit of cut her a bit of slack. Maybe she was just transitioning away from that at that time in life. You know, they what I mean? met each other. Oh, hold on a second. We missed an entire part of the story. What? This is. <laughs> the, the, I wish I, I wish I could backtrack and tell the story. Oh, right? the bit where they're in. Dude, uh, yeah. The thing. This is why it blew me away even more. Okay, Let's. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Hopefully, everyone listened to that. I, hopefully, telling the story, we we got to a climb. What makes this thing even crazier? Yeah is that when he met his partner, I wish I started off with this, Yeah. but when he met his partner, him and her were very young. Yeah, But they were, just, they were just trekking with each other and they ended up going to... They got invited by um, some climbing organization to go to Uzbekistan? Somewhere. Not Kazakhstan. I think it was Uzbekistan. Uzbekistan, somewhere yeah. no, like no, that. Kyrgyzstan. Okay, there. Kyr- so they went to that place, right? Which is like Central Asia. Yeah. Yeah. So they were or trekking the through Asia there. Russia, essentially. They ended up getting captured yeah. by five uh, militant, like militant terrorist people. Terrorists, yeah. Captured. This is a true part trekked of the story. Trekked for like for a week. They trekked for a week. Yeah. The militant people ended up, they were armed, there was had them at gunpoint. And at each checkpoint, one militant would just kind of like fall off, fall the, off the track. And go off the track, right? Until they ended up getting to one. a point where him, his, the, his friend at the time, the girl, yeah. who ended up becoming his partner. Yeah. And I think they had well, another two married. other people. They, they did. Yeah. And, a, and two other people in their little squad were basically being directed by one terrorist with a gun. Yeah, they were essentially held captive. They were held captive. Yeah. And this would happen for like a week. And they were like, we're going to die. Like, we don't know what we're going to do. Yeah. It got to one point where they were... And they were experienced climbers at this point. Yeah. They were trekking through this uneasy terrain part with mm-hmm. this one armed person. Yeah. And the main guy, Tommy, was like, I think I should push I him. think I need to do something here yeah. to survive. Otherwise, yeah. we're, we're all going to die here. What yeah. am I going to do? So he literally pushed this guy, off his captive, captivator, yeah. captive, off the cliff. Yeah. And he just So falls. that they can live. Yeah. So they ended up, and then it was world news. Like these guys that were held captive, he, he was the hero because he saved oh, and then their friendship group. Today show you he went think of. yeah they, and they saved their friendship group so they come back the closeness that him and her obviously experienced during that time brought them together it was more of an attachment after all they though. fell in love got married so yeah. he basically saved him and his friends from terrorists yeah. by pushing one of them off the cliff yeah 
They end up getting married, him and the girl. Yeah. Then they get this climbing adventure, and then he gets to the point where he's like, I want to climb Yosemite, and that's the start of the whole story. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes on, cuts his finger off, yeah. and blah, 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 everything we said. Like, yeah. I was, that's where I was like, whoa, 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 all the yeah, way through. all these levels to it. So I think, and that was a, probably a good point, him and her got very attached during their younger, her, was more younger of a, time. A, a, a psychological attachment to the fact that he was like a, a savior. A protector saving a protector. Them. Yeah. But maybe not someone, maybe she just essentially... Um, Who knows? They might have grew apart. It was maybe, a very whatever. respectful... It's, it's, it was easy, very respectful. It's easy to they, speculate. Yeah. It, could, it could have been something really And simple. she was there watching him climb it at the end. That, and that was really nice, it was nice. to watch. Yeah. And he, you know, they have respect for each other. It was nice how, they, how it's still very civil and things like that. But nonetheless, the cost of... The, I think the steering away from this, the story, the Dawn Wall, it's worth watching. Yeah. But you get to this point where it's like you've, you're obsessed with something versus how, w- at what point does it become an unhealthy obsession? Because, and a lot of people can say, well, you know what? If you really want something and you're going to go for it and achieve whatever it is you want, get some success in whatever it is you want, attain that vision, that dream that you've got. At some point, something's got to give, yeah. whether it's your time, your health, someone else's time, someone else's someone health, else's health um, your job, your family, um, your finances, whatever it is, something has to kind of give in order for you to get something. 100%. But anything that's great, anything that anybody's ever achieved that's great comes with some level of sacrifice. 100%. And I think it takes to, to to people's credit who actually hang around those who want who are ch- achieving try, like ch- trying to chase such things to the end. To their credit, they've got a lot of patience themselves to keep sticking by that person, just like the boulderer inside this story. Yeah, he had to really stick by him, and they'll be lifelong friends now. Yeah, and yeah, because he, he 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 Jorgensen, I forget his first name, but like that to me was just like, wow, you could have at any time. I've maybe in the first year or two, you probably thought you probably would have got a kick of just doing it because you're with the world's most famous climber. Mm. Then after a while, you're like, "When are we going to do this, dude?" Like, do you know what I mean? He's just, he was essentially like, you know, like you just just patience. His his patience was amazing. Yeah, like a super, like I was admired with him. He would have to have even probably even more patience. And I was admired with the fact that he was halfway through and he's like, "You know what? This is your dream." Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm like, gonna, I'm gonna, gonna park go. it. I'll help you now, but I'll you help need you to now. I'm gonna help you winch to the top, but I'm not gonna do this because I don't want to hold you back. Yeah. I'm like that is one of the most selfless acts yeah. I've ever seen. Someone that who, who dedicated just as much yeah. of time and effort to just kind of go. I'm not. I'm. You know, it's a typical Hollywood movie. You go without me. You know what I mean? It like, was like that. It was. It was essentially like, and I felt I was guarded for yeah, him. And then when Tommy was like, boom, 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 just climbing this wall, I could not stop thinking about. Imagine his feeling of not being able. But to for do me, it. I was, and when he, Tommy was pretty much to the top, I was like, "Oh shit, he's just, he's gonna leave him behind." And I don't blame him yeah. if he had left him behind, but I was so glad that he had this underwhelming feeling yeah. of like of accomplishment. He's like, "I'm standing at a spot where I know that the next couple of things are easy in comparison to everything else." Like, I can keep going. I can keep going and win this, but no, no, I'm going to go back down and go. It was just everything about it was everything great. just strung together very well. But kind of going back to what you're saying, like leaving the you know the dawn wall behind. It's like it, essentially to achieve greatness in anything, mm. you know, requires like say, like we spoke 
the last episode about like the Queen's Gambit, right? Okay, I know it's fiction and whatnot, but it's like her obsession of playing chess. Mm. Like she essentially didn't have any friends. Mm. Her chess was her friend. Understanding mm. the riddle and the puzzles and the gameplay was was just was all about what she was. Yeah. You know, like the, her sacrifice was the fact that she probably didn't have. A, a, I guess a as normal upbringing. Mm. This guy, like in his twenties and thirties, should have probably been traveling the world doing all this other stuff. But he was obsessed with this war, and doesn't matter what he was going to lose on the way, mm. he was going to he was going to achieve it. Yeah, it kind of just says it's just like at what point do do, do you kind of think that like I almost think it would be a detriment to stop I think there'll be more of a psychological detriment for him to stop kind of going ah oh, you know what stuff this wall I'm just gonna I'm gonna go on a Europe trip I'm done you, there would always be an empty spot of the back 100%. of your mind that you'd say I there'd regret be not trying there'd be a hole in, yeah. his, in his heart of just like I should have done it. Like, yeah, it, it was. It was. It was almost, if not, it was his destiny to finish climbing that wall. Like, yeah. he had to do it. I think to define, to finish defining him. And I think <clears throat> a lot of the times it was probably like a. I think he, he looking at it, and I th- if whether or not this was how they were trying to tell the story or not, but it's almost like climbing that wall was his therapy as well. For everything yes. he'd gone through. It's it's good because you bring that up. That he had that was he had therapy. a bro- his relationship ended. He had had to kill somebody to survive mm-hmm. years and years ago. Yeah. He was held captive by terrorists. Now he's basically got no relationship anymore. He ended up did meeting someone though. Which, he did, yeah. And they got married and they, they had got kids. Married, had a kid and she completely Su- supported, supported him, him to a point where, I don't know where they live, but it, was, it wasn't it was nearby Yosemite. And she essentially raised a um, uh, their child by herself. Yeah. Purely so that he can accomplish this thing, and then, and that that to me as well was great on her behalf as well. Mm. That's just like wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So yeah. I think for for a lot of times his obsession with something was also his therapy. Yeah. And I th- I would probably say that that's common for many people who are you know trying to trying to achieve something in their life um, that are obsessed over something. It it's I think the only reason why you would obsess over something so much is because you're trying to fill a void yeah i mean that to me after watching that and reflecting on it now it would have to be the reason why you would obsess so much over something is to fill a void so because uh, you can't just no one goes oh i want to get it just just because i can yeah like no one does it just because they can i mean some people do if it's great he was but he, if something get the if something requires you to deploy that much patience over that long, that much pain, mm-hmm. that much energy, that much loss. Yeah, it would have to be because you're trying to fill some sort of a void, 100%. or have some sort of a therapy over something that happened. To kind of split him, like I think, I don't think I think most like athletes, for example, that are try, that are obsessed and that are great. I think their void is maybe gaining getting that title, that recognition at the end, saying that I'm recognition I'm the best. would be a big one. I'm not sure if he was get, wanting the recognition. No. I don't think... I think part of his void was the breakdown of his relationship. I think that would probably be fair to say, which is nothing wrong with that. Like, people bre- have breakdown their relationship yeah. and 
go trekking in you know Central Asia and disappear for six months. Do you know what I mean? Because they're rediscovering themselves. But he actually disappeared for a week because he was held as a captive. Yeah, but I'm saying like after his relationship broke down, he was actually by himself. Mm. And he's, he's aware that the fact that his relationship broke down was because of his obsession, initial obsession with um, Yosemite, mm. which then was heightened because of the breakdown of, of his relationship. Mm. And then he was just, that's it. He was determined. He was, he was, he was set out to do that, you know? Mm. Um, I mean, look, watching the movie, that, watching the documentary, though, I envy his obsession. I, I can't fault it because at the end of the day, he got what he set out to do. Mm-hmm. I understand his relationship ended, but I think I think if it wasn't climbing, I, it's one of those things. Do you think, like, would he have stayed with her or not? Or was it inevitable at some point that they kind of just drift apart? Because you would it's, think that... It was probably inevitable. It was probably inevitable because yeah. you would have to say, well, it depends on what the relationship could be founded on. Like, yeah. did, was it strong enough? I don't know. Like, that's something, that's their, that's their thing for them to respect and keep to themselves. But... If you if you kind of like model it across different people like different people and different life like different life, it's like at, at, like at what point is is the cost of everything that you're going to go through worth it? To me, I look at it, I'm like I envy what he did and the depends, skill that he have because I think it depends what you value as well. Would, yeah, but I, I look at it and I'm like I, I wish I had that level of patience. For something and obsessed over something that much, you probably do, but you haven't tapped into it. I, I I don't though, and the reason why I know I don't is because we've had it. We've spoken on episode four about what's a multipotentialite. Okay. Now my level of patience is for something long term is is intrinsically short mm. because I like to switch and flip between so many different things. But in the in recent years, more even in maybe the last twelve months and recent months. I'm actually not liking the fact that I switch so much. I don't know if it's because you and I have reflected here on the podcast and we spoken to people here about a fair bit about it, but like at what, the same what we time, do, but this, but I just want to finish this sorry, point because I think it's really important. I I'm at this point now where I look at, say, for example, you and you've spoken about patience and stuff like that a lot. Mm. F- the idea for me to like, because if for for example, this math thing I was talking about. Mm-hmm. I would, I would love, and I actually have a, a vision one day, and I've said this before, is going back and finishing off my PhD. Okay. Because I was about a third of the way through, and then I was like, you know, I want to start working, and I became a PhD dropout. Well, you valued something else. I did. Yeah. But the idea of finishing it off is, is appealing to me. Yeah. And and I've said I w- I'd like to go back and do something in like astrophysics, something around the theory around, you know, create, create the world and yeah. just that. It'd be something math-based, right? Yeah. But, the, and and when I sit down and I start practicing towards that, because that's a 10-year, that would take me 10 years mm. or seven years to get a, a end-to-end, because I'd have to go and do like a Bachelor of Mathematics all the way through a PhD to mm-hmm. really do something rock solid because yeah. I did science. That would take a decade. But to but I know myself enough. I would have to practice and scrub up for a year or two before I even enrolled into a into a bachelor, because my skill set's not there anymore. I don't I don't it's remember it until I started doing it. I've it's got just, to revisit a lot of refined, stuff. It's not refined, right? All, yeah. When I start going through it, it all comes out. I'm like, oh, I remember this, and I'm I can do it. Yeah. I I remember the language, but the thought of between now and then, I right now I'm satiated with the idea. 
I want to do it right now. Yeah. But the problem is in two weeks time, it's like this switch goes off and I'm like, oh, what am I looking at next? And I obsess over something else short term. Yeah. And it's a pain in the ass now. I'm getting to this point where it's making me irritated because... At the uh, inner multi-potentialite. Yes, at the at the need, at the inner need to switch so many times. The benefit is I learn so much mm. and I get exposed to lots of different things. Okay. But the annoying part is I, I find it difficult to deploy patience that long for something so detailed when I'd like to. Yeah. So I look at this guy, Tommy, who climbed the wall and I envy his ability okay. to obsess from. Yeah. over one meter of a rock face that's hundreds of meters high. He'll obsess over that one meter for months. Mm. To be able to tunnel your world down onto a meter sector of a rock and analyze every groove, knowing that once you've gotten past that, you've still got 400 meters, yeah. 600 meters more to go. of that. Yeah. My, I can't comprehend that level of patience, patience and detail, and I envy that. And I would be willing to, if I could switch that on, obsess to the point that it could be unhealthy and sacrifice, knowing that I get that glory if yeah. I could. So I, I don't. Think, I think it's got I, I its downfalls, but I think it's enough, good. I think you're a detailed enough person to be able to do it. This but is my advice for you. Right? I could. I think you're definitely, definitely detailed enough. But I'd have to have a big enough reason to do it for that long. I think almost you almost have to do a bit of a reverse psychology to yourself. You almost have to like. Like, there's a term. It's like, um, like to be obsessed about something, you almost have to like repeat it so many times that what you hate, you love. If that makes sense. So you love the idea of being obsessed, but you know, at one point in time, because of your that inner multi potential out in you, it's going to switch. Mm. What you need to do is the bit that you hate, which is this, which is the palming off the switching bit, mm. in order to get. To the to the end goal, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you almost you're you're gonna get that constant um, drip back of hey Ivan, how about this? Hey Ivan, how about that? Whilst you're on this, attention gets distracted. Yeah. So you almost the the hating bit would be the not listening to that inner self of you know what a multi potential it is, which yeah. is like oh today I want to learn how to do some joinery. Oh tomorrow I want to learn how to play a violin. You know, and it's nothing wrong with that again, but it's like if you want to get to that end bit. You need to do what you hate, which is palm off the what comes natural to you. Yeah, and and when I and when I look at it from the outside, and I'm sure a lot of a lot of people listening are probably going, you know what, Ivan, the reason why you don't do it is because you're not willing to put in the work and go through what's what you don't like and what's hard. Well, tell those people to go to listen to episode four, four to understand what a multi potential idea is. Because it's 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 not like that, but it feels like, like that. that. Yeah. But I think I've come to the realization it's not. But may, maybe I might look back It'll in ten years' time and go, you know what? It'd be interesting to know if there's any multi-potentialites that are great, like like greatness at one thing. It'd oh, they would. They, oh, yeah, I'm sure they would be. Oh, but I mean, someone who's slugged it out for like, you know. 10, 20, 30 years on one specific that's thing. That's what I meant. While also enjoying lots of other things. I don't think that's doable. Personally, I don't. See, I envy that. I think to be great or to to get to a level where you're comfortable with what you defined as mm. great. Someone else might look at and be like, oh, that's, not, that's not great. I know someone that can do that 10 times better than you. That's fine. It's someone else's opinion. But what 
you look out and go, look, today I want to start studying this or I'm going to start doing this and I want it to get to a point where I'm doing X, Y, Z. That's your level of greatness. Mm. What someone interprets as great, it's up to them, right? And it, it does require a lot of patience. I think you couldn't do you know, a side gig of photography and a bit of violin playing and today I want to learn how to do whatever. I don't think you could do those things to be great at something. I think one... You mean might to be great take, at all of those things? Hey? You mean to be great at all of those things? No, no, things? to be great at the one thing. We're talking about greatness. We're not talking about good. We're talking about like greatness. Tommy Caldwell greatness, Michael Jordan, um, Lionel Messi. It's Christian, nothing else we're talking but about soccer, nothing else greatness. but basketball, nothing else but rock climbing. That's exactly right. Like Cristiano Ronaldo could not be the best player in the world alongside Lionel Messi without being obsessed with every single detail of how to train and drills and getting to training an hour early, staying back at training an hour, hour later. All those details aren't possible without without the equal to greatness yeah. like when, when you look at some of the we talk, again great no, i know like when you look at some of, of the best yeah you know, people that will be remembered like legacy we're talking like the best like tommy coldwell will be remembered forever hmm. there are brilliant athletes that will be remembered for a point in time hmm. but will 100 percent be forgotten hmm. those people aren't greatness level does that make sense? No, I know I know what you mean. We're talking like people that leave a footprint on whatever it is they're doing. Yeah. Greatness. There's a legacy there. Legacy. Yeah. And I, I one thing that I, that's happened over time and if if you kind of reflect back maybe on episode maybe episode 1 through to where we are now, I feel like maybe these shows contributed to it and and trying to tell trying to be vulnerable for everyone listening more than what I would otherwise do. Mm-hmm. I've, it's allowed me to evolve a little bit. I'm not trying to turn this on me on the podcast. No, no, okay. This is, I think, it's something I want to explore. But it's become. I've, I'm finding it becoming easier and I'm, I'm be, I think it's because I'm becoming more patient to stick to something a little bit more. And the, the time between when I initially start something, I stop it, visit something else and come back to that same thing yeah. is shortening. That's good. So I find myself coming full circle well, back it's like a, around. It's a muscle you have to train as yeah, well. Yeah, it's coming back around more often. Resisting the temptation to So that jump. part excites me a little bit. It's but good. I'm at the point though where if you said tomorrow, you could take, say if you could take a PED, you could take a pill, right? <laughs> okay. That would, tomorrow <laughs> you'd wake up and have the ability to obsess over one specific thing. You'd take it? I would take it now. Uh-huh. What Whereas, would the, what would be the side effects? I don't care. Everything we've just spoken about. Well, the cost of obsession because it will heighten everything. It, no, it would allow me to become razor sharp and focus on one thing. You, you would naturally. As much I wouldn't as, genuinely no, no, take I'm just this saying, drug. We're playing the hypothetical, but a hypothetical, game, right? You would naturally, as much as you may not agree with what I'm going to say, you would naturally be not be the same husband. You would naturally not for be, that reason. This is what I'm saying. For that reason, yeah. the cost of obsession for me, I'm not willing to... Give that up. I'm not willing to transact on that cost. That's, and that's, and that's not, nothing wrong with that at all. What he was great. able to do was... A, he, able, he was able to transact on the cost of obsession mm-hmm. to get to greatness. Yes. My self-awareness right now is an, in my situation is to say, I don't, I'm not willing to transact on that cost of obsession yeah. 
to get to something if I know now it's going to result in me ending things that matter to me in my life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, if, I, if, I, if I didn't have family right now and I wasn't married this and that that's it'd easy, be a different story but that's an easy that's, that's an easy, easy argument for anybody it's an there's easy no, transaction there's no, there's no cost there's no cost the currency is low yeah the risk is low yeah so I think you know almost coming back to, to kind of stringing these ideas that we've kind of spoken about here and bits together it really does come around to that are you willing to transact on that cost mm. because the, because obsessing over stuff so much will carry a cost yeah, and it can be... But you need to be just be aware that there's a cost. You need to be aware not, of the cost. Do not be in denial that you can do all these things. To an extent a- though. Yeah. Because if you become aware on it too much, it will inhibit you a little bit. But 100%. for some reason, I'm sure there's people who... I'm sure this must happen. This must have happened when he's on the side of the cliff face. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. If I could ask him any question. Okay. This is the question I would ask, Tommy. If he was on the podcast now, okay. I would say at any point when you were climbing that face, mapping it out before you did the climb, did it come across your head that this is going to come at a cost? And are you willing and, and being aware of what those costs are to transact on that cost? Or was this something that you blindingly went through because you were obsessed, you couldn't see what the cost was going to be? Or were you aware that everything around you and everyone could potentially be pushed back. You might be on your own. Are you willing to... Go, were, was that a realization for you? Because I would argue that for those who are truly great, or I, I'd be curious rather, for those that are truly great, is there a point where they where they have that question? They go, am I willing to sacrifice everything now? Mm. Because for a lot of people that have achieved greatness, yeah. they sacrifice their family. They sacrifice like everything. They sacrifice... Maybe their health. Put it this way. There's a ranking system with everyone. What's important to you? The obsession is ranked number one. And that's above. That's a lot for everybody, right? Like for you, you we're family. This men, is right? the mind fuck right and, now. And because number one uh, for us, I would imagine, is family. is family. I guarantee you, number two or three would be family. The obsession is one. Is one. Yeah. That is a lot to swallow for a lot of people. It's, that's, that's, I can't gulp that. Yeah. But that's, that's just what it is. Yeah. Yeah. To like, me, that's mind-boggling. That that is the that is the truth behind obsession, yeah. is that what you think is your number one, it's not. Yeah, it's the obsession. I think as well. What we need to understand is like people probably think, oh, well, so to be like, we need to un- un- define the obsession. The obsession is obviously being great, but it's your interpretation of what is great. Because someone else might look at what you're doing and will say, oh, that's not great enough. It's what you define as great. Yeah. Okay. And when other people then chime in and say, mate, that's great. Well, then that's just a cherry on top. Do you know mm. what I mean? Um, I think if if I was Tommy Coldwell, I can kind of think about how I'd answer that question. I think the response you'd probably be surprised with. I think if I could try and telepathically try and understand what he would say, I think his cost would be at the loss of not completing it. I don't think he it ever crossed his mind what he externally would lose. I think what he would be worried about would, would be hurt, the, would, would be the hurt, hurt the pain, of not achieve the pain of not achieving. The pain of not achieving it outweighs which is a further layer of the, obsession. It is because the pain of not achieving it is greater than the pain of losing everything that will be to achieve it. That's right. And everything else 
finances, family, relationships. That's just, that's background noise. Mm. That's what I think he would say. No, he wouldn't say it that way, but he wouldn't even probably mention anything else. He wouldn't care. And this is not to shame him or say, like... No, not at all. This is not about... I envy the guy. I admire him. Like, he's, this is, he, he's this, now th- up there on my list of people I admire. I think that would... I think that's how he would answer it. I would yeah. say he would be like, the the thought of not being able to achieve it... Like, let's say, hypothetically, he, like, I don't know, chops off another... Free, or chops off his thumb. He'd still do it. I know he would, but if, shit, it would be like... It would be to a point where, like, it's getting closer to not being achieved, not mm. being achieved. The thought of that would probably be what he's not willing to sacrifice. Mm. But, like, yeah, it's... No, I think that's the important it, point. I think... To, to, it's understanding people that want to achieve their own greatness. And if someone else admires it, then that's great. But let's put putting the outside noise away. Achieving what you, whatever the task it is in front of you, that's great. You need to understand, not be in denial, that there are things that are going to fall if you just tunnel on that. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But that's that's what I personally think is required to achieve greatness. Yeah. Is complete. And the pain of not achieving it has to outweigh... Everything else. Everything else. Yeah. And you have to be willing to... Yeah, w- willing to let go of those things that you know would still hurt, but... Not not going through it. You need to understand that anyway. with the ranking system, number one almost cannot be anything else but the obsession. Mm. That's how I would see it. Some might might say, "Oh, that's complete garbage." Maybe I, I don't know, but it's like there's so many different people like that have you know been great at whatever, and you always look at their stories and in you know biographies and whatever. There's always there's always something that gets left behind. Mm. I don't think I, I can't think of anything right now that would say, "Oh shit, I forgot about that story." This guy kept it all together, and he was still the best, the greatest. Mm. Mm. I can't think of it right now, but no, I agree. I think that that it's almost like how much can you physically give, like of yourself to the thing and every other thing? There's only so much of you you can give, in energy wise. Yeah, but to me, to me, after I've realized now that obsession is the number one mm-hmm. i mean i know it's number one that's the whole reason why we're talking about it mm-hmm. but when you look at it and you actually have to if you had to rank it they would say obsession outranks everything else and it's a realization that obsession outranks everything else i right now in my situation would not be able to outrank anything above my family mm. it just wouldn't happen yeah um so i mean and it, i don't know but maybe the story might have been different if he had what wife not? and kids the first time but then he did the second time like with his partner yeah, yeah. you know um but the but the 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 uh thing that was left behind was his interaction with seeing his son grow mm. spending time with his family which pe- which most people would value mm. which most people when you would look back, you'd be like, oh, I missed out on their first word or I missed out on their first step. I think that's an important point. You said what, what they would value, for yeah. example. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we, I, we haven't mentioned him for a long time, but take someone like Gary Vaynerchuk, for example. I haven't watched any of his content for a while now. It's, um, you know, it's been a long time. But he, he, for example, works an excessive amount of hours per day. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he articulates quite often the fact that he's got a very supportive partner who... Is, does the stuff with the kids. Yeah. He knows that he's away from his kids for a lot of hours. Mm-hmm. He makes up for it because when he's there and present, he's very present. Mm-hmm. 
but his value of the time that he is away from his kids, he would find his time doing what he wants to do more valuable mm-hmm. for, during the time that he's away from his family, right? And he grew up very much watching his dad work very, very hard. Mm. And to him, it was like, well, I understand why he did it. Like his dad worked hard for his family and to set them up and did what he did. And for Gary, he was okay with that. He was like, I understand why my dad did it that. And, I, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, so to his mind, well with him. in his mind, he's like, well, as long as I'm there when I'm there for my kids, yeah. if I'm not there for the other 14, 15, 16 hours, I just have to be extremely I'm okay with there. that. Yeah. So his value of that's okay mm-hmm. because as long as he's there with something else, so he's able to obsess over building a $100 million company or mm-hmm. whatever it is now, who God knows. Yeah. But he's able to obsess there. So I think it, it, it very much would depend on what you value as well. Yeah. And... And re- understand the true meaning of value. And, yeah, like, and understand the really, true really meaning value. of value because, you know, if, you're, if your family turned... If my family turned around and said, genuinely looked to me and said... And they might... They would if, I don't know, if I genuinely asked for it. But again, it would depend on for everyone's partners and stuff. But if they turned and said... You know, if anyone's partner said, you you go and do exactly what you need to do. Mm. I will be there for you no matter what. Mm. If you need 12 months or two years to go and do what you need to do when you come back, nothing will have changed. In fact, I'll love you more when you come back. It's almost like that safety net that we spoke about before. I don't think anybody could ever promise that. I know no one could. This is hypothetical. But I'm just saying, I, I don't think, but I think people could say it. They could say it, but they couldn't deliver and they could, it. And which they means could prob- that you no, no, but they could say it and they could, they could verbally deliver it, deliver it with complete honesty. Yeah. But what resentment would come during those 12 months? 100%. Though? I know, it's hard. It's extreme. You've like, got to be willing resentment to. Resentment is a, is a true yeah. a trait that is deep to the core and it, and it gets initiated at any time yeah generally due generally through a stressful situation you know young kids one kid's crying in one room another kid's crying in another first thing that comes into your mind not resent oh I hate them why aren't they here but it's like shit it, it would be good if I had a hand yeah and that starts to build yeah you know it's like mold on a wall I think it would just just spread keep, just keep spreading it's yeah. natural it, I think it takes it almost just as a great, greater, if not a better human being, to be there for the whole ride. Well, you look at his part. He's this. Let's take she wasn't there story. for the whole no, no, ride. His though. climbing partner. He's, but that's what his climbing partner is. He's the equal level of great, if not like, probably better, because he just stuck by him so hard and just believed in him. Yeah. So it was that's fascinating. A, that's admirable in its own. In yeah, it, in its but, own. I mean, but both their stories are incredible. I. I I admire both of them. And if, if everyone kind of listened to this whole thing coming back to the start, like go and watch The Dawn Wars. It's an incredible documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely, mean, I, you definitely start to ask yourself questions. You do. You yeah. ask yourself questions and you're in awe just over the complexity of the human spirit, Yeah. partnership, friendship, obsession. There's a lot. Um, risk level. Dedication. Like, just, the whole the, thing's fascinating. Like, just um, yeah, everything that's... A, that he does, he's just he, he's they so do. methodical. Yeah, there was a bit there where he was coaching Jorgensen a, 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 across that like um, uh, horizontal bit, the pitch thirteen. Yeah, and he's going, and he's going, okay, left arm crossover, right leg on your toes, on your toes, 
clinch, clinch your back, clinch your back, right shoulder up, invert your sh- like he's he has like every tiny little step yep. imprinted in his head. Exactly. People don't understand that is obsession. Yeah. You can't just, oh, yeah, just do that on the side. Your brain is not wired that way. To be able to know every, not only the, or how to climb the pitch, and this is the pitch, but every single step and what toe and what finger to contract and what to do with your back and what, like, that is craziness. It was incredible. Craziness. It's an incredible documentary. Yeah. Um. Yeah, a lot to reflect on. And I mean, I, I'm still, I still think back on it now every now and then, like just the whole thing and... Now articulating it kind of in the podcast made me kind of think and realize some some more stuff. But I'd, I'd I'd encourage everyone to go and watch watch the Dawn Wall on Netflix. It's it's an incredible documentary. Yeah, I don't know. There's I think to to kind of round that aspect up. It's like I had a question for you, and I kind of just completely went blank. It's almost like ah oh shit, it'll come to me. But it's like how was the steak? For the movie, for the documentary, <laughs> it's a medium rare for sure. Mate, that was a, a, a what do you call it a a, a ten plus marble wagyu, oh, man, medium it was, rare. It was, it was top shelf, that's for sure. But um, two hundred day aged <laughs> with a with a red on the side, red on the side, and uh, everything else in between. But um, yeah, gee, I can't. I just went blank on that. But um, yeah, it's yeah. I, I don't know. I'll I'll probably remember when the podcast finishes. But yeah, it's it was it was um, it was, it was good. great. It was good. It was, it was a great good. documentary. But yeah, man, that's that's what I was thinking about today. This week, <laughs> lately, that's one of the things I want to talk about. I'm so. glad I watched it as well. Yeah, I was like, good. oh, I've got it for some free time. I'll watch it now. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, that's been a good episode. Yeah, it wasn't um, bad. If, if you like the show, let us know. If you hate it, tell us bad. you hate it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you're a hater, good. fuck you. I want to know who you are. Tell me who you are. <laughs> um, no, look, I think... Uh, I'm appreciative of everyone who listens to the show. Um, you know, all the new listeners, thanks for coming along and chiming in. That thanks was probably for joining bit, the fam. That was probably a bit brutal of me just saying F you to the haters. Just because it's been such a different episode, usually we kind of get passionate at one side of the fence oh, and I just dive straight into the like if you, if hater, you hate haters. It, whatever, you're probably not listening to If you're it a new anyways. listener, you're going, what the heck was that then? But if you're but an old you know, listener, you're listening like, to an hour and nine minutes of, of hate, then you probably secretly love us. Yeah, so that's that's exactly. your bad. If, listen, if you've listened to the 68 episodes before here, you'd know exactly what's going on. <laughs> um, Journeytoever.com um, for everything else. And um, yeah, have a good Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell a friend. Yes, tell a friend. friend. It's working. Just one. One extra friend. If you just if you if you listen to the last episode and you told a friend, just tell a different one. Exactly. That's it. All right. Maybe you might not have that many friends, but just tell someone on the bus. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just just on the elevator. Like, hey guys, what are you doing? Uh episode uh guess what? Journey to Rever is releasing an episode on Monday. It'll be uh episode seventy and um you'll enjoy it and then you should, they'll probably look at you and be like what a weirdo what did he say again and they'll probably go back home and speak to their partner and what did he say oh he said something about some podcast journey to and that's it that's how it spreads and then they look it up and their life's transformed their life's transformed and they wish they probably will one day track you down again and bump into you in the elevator and be like man thank you so much for, yeah. <laughs> for, for referring me to the journey to river and then Jump you look the at our faces on instagram and the moral of the story was it was one of us on the elevator telling you to watch well, to listen go. to journey river it's like whoa <laughs> <laughs> yeah guys have a good week catch you later see ya bye, bye. I had such a good question before. Yeah. I was just like, oh, it was a real like kind of like.
hypothetical. Hypothetical. You know, like we like a good, a yeah. good fat, juicy hypothetical, but I, just my brain just forgot There's that car it. again. Uh, so annoying. It's a loud car, man. You know, we had the episode about like, you know, when you're old. Yeah. And I, and I talked about nerves, like it? cars that, yeah. like, you know how Lambos have that pop, 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 like that V12 popping sound? Yeah. I don't mind if a Lambo comes down my street. Yeah. And does that? I'm like, oh shit, that's pretty good. I'd still but get irritated like if a, it's in the podcast. A, a, hey, I'd still get irritated if it's in the podcast. <laughs> you, know, you know why? If, if you know why? Because I obsess yes. over the podcast more than Lambos. No, these no, days. no. I'm just talking about in general. But like hearing a car just brrr, and it's just like a, a, an anything car. It's annoying. I just get irritated. It does. I, I get. I'm just like, shut up. Like, what are you doing? Your car's noisy. Like, anyways, I'm getting old. Doesn't matter. If you remember the uh, question and it's still got relevance, raise it in the next episode. Yeah. It's gone like it's it's drifted off into a different galaxy. You might remember it this tomorrow morning. Yeah. All right, All man. right man. Let's Have go. Have a good week. See ya. Bye. Bye.